0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Mediavine on air. I'm your host Jenny Guy, hoping you're having a wonderful day so far. If not, eh, I hope this could be the starting point for a turnaround. We got this. My guest for today is Jennifer Bourget and she was an absolute delight when she joined me for Teal Talk season three in early 2021. She's a journalist turned content creator and photography guru, and she shared her vast expertise for creating a visual brand with your images. Not only is Jennifer a frequent Canon collaborator, she's also had one of her viral posts shared by none other than Oprah She and I talked Instagram, great lighting, how to use data to make smart photography choices, the best spots to splurge and save on gear, and so much more. If you'd like to take a look at Jennifer's unique photography brand, you can find links to her website, Cherish365, as well as her Instagram in our show notes. She's also got dedicated photography tutorials posted on her site, so I highly recommend checking out this free resource. For now, let's get to Jennifer and step up our photo game. You're listening to Mediavine On Air, the podcast about the business of content creation, from SEO to ads and social media to time management. If it's about helping content creators build sustainable businesses, we are talking about it here. I'm your On Air host, Mediavine's Jenny Guy. It is February 11th, and since the last time we talked, that lovable groundhog slash jerk face punksatani Phil gifted us with six more weeks of winter. That revelation brought a brought a great big duh from me because winter is on full display right outside my window here in Oklahoma, and I am not a fan. What is the weather like in your neck of the woods? Say hi in the comments and tell us why you think cold weather is stupid or That's just me. Maybe you love cold weather. I don't want to hate on you. If you love cold weather, just say hi and and tell us what the weather is like thank you for joining us for today's episode of Teal Talk. I'm Jenny Guy. I'm Vines Director of Marketing and your host on this show all about the business of content creation. Sometimes we're asked how we come up with so many different topics and guests for the show. And the truth is there is never a shortage of relevant topics for content creators because there are so many things that you guys are expected to know about and all of them are essential SEO, copywriting, video, taxes for small business owners, first party data, the list just goes on and on and on. And as content creators ourselves at Mediavine, we are very well aware that it can be overwhelming to decide where to focus your limited time and energy. However, dedicating time to our topic today is a no-brainer. Photography is relevant to pretty much all digital content creators, regardless of niche. Improving your images pays dividends on your website and social media, which leads to more traffic, which leads to more revenue. But how do we get those improvements? My guest today is the perfect person to show us the way. Jennifer Bourget is a former journalist turned award-winning digital creator. At Cherish365, she chronicles her life as a mom of three, covering everything from parenting to education to home to diversity and inclusion, all through the lens of encouraging others to cherish every day. Welcome to Teal Talk, Jennifer. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so Hi. much for coming. No, thanks for having me. I'm really excited. I'm These super excited. are always excited. so
1: informative, so... Honored to be on this end.
0: (laughs) Well, we're honored to have you. We couldn't ask for a better expert. If you guys have questions for Jennifer or me, post them in the comments. We will make sure that we mention them to her. Okay, before I start quizzing Jennifer, I have a question for the audience that I will help us guide this this conversation what parts of photography do you wish you knew more about? Tell us in the comments. What are the things that you're struggling with? Mm-hmm. And before I'm going to go ahead and jump in, we, we heard in your bio that you you have a very um, a very specific and clever way of weaving photography into even just your bio. So tell us about your journey with content creation and photography. Your Your skills are very noted. You speak all over the blogging circuit back when we used to travel. Mm-hmm. And those skills have led you to some pretty impressive places like teaching for Nikon, and a viral post shared by none other than Oprah. So there is a lot of amazing stuff. Can you tell us how you got there from where you started?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, so um, I started as a journalist, and I've just always been a storyteller, which I think that has gotten a lot of us into blogging. You know, we like telling stories one way or another, whether it's our stories through cooking and or um other skills and things that that we enjoy. So for me, it was a chance for me to share more about my life because so much of what I was doing and the journalism side was, sh- learning and sharing about other people. So this was a creative outlet for me and why I started my blog. But what I learned in journalism, you know, through storytelling and visual storytelling, specifically with video, and um, I mean, a lot of that works the same with with still photography like you have a lot of the same types of rules like rule of thirds and lighting and I know some people are intimidated by video but I'm like once you get photography down like it really translates easily the other direction either way really yeah I mean I just I really enjoy it my kids are my favorite subject (laughs) so that makes and I think they're really cute so that makes taking pictures easy for me I think whenever your subject matter is is probably what you're leaning to and what you're interested in and that makes taking pictures of that really fun and for me making what I'm doing fun is like top priority for my work so yeah. I think it's important to remember that when we're thinking about these photography tips like I may be talking about it and and portrait, you know, using portraits and people as an example. But if, if you're a food photographer into food or cooking, maybe you want to think about it that way.
0: Great answer. You are definitely uh, not, bi- I mean, you, you probably are biased about your kids, but they I'm are totally absolutely <laughs> adorable. No, but, but you're also not wrong. That's a good. I've 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 creeped on your Instagram. I've seen a lot of your stuff. Let's share. <laughs> let's share Jennifer's Instagram. She's not wrong. Her kids are freaking adorable. So they're they are easy. But your your photography is next level. And we've got so many questions from people. We've got people asking about composition with backgrounds, especially with very limited space. We're definitely going to talk about. Uh, composition. We're going to talk about picking a camera lens. that's not a million dollars. Do I need an elaborate set, fancy camera to create images that are impactful and fit the current day expectations? iPhone camera versus mm. DSLR. So many things. We're going to get to all mm. of them. Yeah, good. Okay. But let's start with, with more of a basic question about photography in general. It, mm-hmm. I think we can all agree, all of us content creators and anyone that consumes content as well, that photography is an intrinsic part of a website. It is, it is, very much everything that we see, and it's the most visual element most of the time unless you're bringing a lot of video that people have on the site. So how does photography influence our branding? And more specifically, should branding influence photography or the other way around?:
1: You know, I think it I think they kind of go hand in hand. I think when we're looking into branding, you know, how big of is photography going to be a part of your brand? Like photography is going to be a part of your brand. What type of photography may be where the influence part comes in? So for me, I rarely use stock photography. That's just not my, it's not, it's not my thing. So I feel like a part of my branding is the lifestyle images that you see of of my family. Like that's just, it's, it's so interwoven together, but it doesn't have to be like that for everyone. You know, if you have a more magazine style blog or something else, or obviously if you have, if you have a food blog, like you're probably taking pictures of your own food, but it has more of a, uh, maybe a magazine stock kind of feel to it. So I think, I think it definitely can influence your branding. I'm and, but I don't think that it has to, we have to keep ourselves in a box. For instance, when I first was blogging and getting into photography, you, I mean, you'd scroll through my feed and you would see these like striking images. And that is what drew you to my feed. But now it's kind of like a dime a dozen. A lot of people have great photography. You know, what am I adding to those photos? And thinking about the caption and thinking about how that goes hand in hand with with your brands. I think having an idea of what you want people to see and how you want them to feel when you come to your website and how you want them um, to remember you that is kind of what you want to have in mind when you're, when you're thinking of, if you know, if you're starting from scratch, or if you're maybe thinking of starting over, that's what you want to think about, you know, how do you want people to feel? What do you want them to see? What do you want them to remember about your images? Because like you said, I mean, every site is going to have some kind of picture, you know, pictures or images on it.
0: I love what you said there, because saying that really being intentional and thinking about how you want people to feel when they come to your site, I think that is so important. And I don't, I love that that's a great way to start out with when you're starting over, but also now, even if you're just looking Mm -hmm. because I don't I think once you get intentional and you think about the way you want people to feel, there's nothing to stop you from from working towards that aesthetic in your photography at any point in your journey. If you feel like your photos aren't matching what you were wanting to be putting out, how do you get there? Okay, so how do you pick what your style is? How can you and can you use data, can use stats and analytics to help you figure out what type of photos you need to be taking? What type of pictures work for you?
1: Yeah, I think you can. I mean, I think with so many different platforms, uh, there's different types of photos that will perform differently on different things. Like, you know, so they start on our blog, you know, and there's one and, and maybe you'll have a image of like you know a family photo or something and then maybe later on in your post you have a close-up of one child you know what what's the topic of the post and what are you doing and i think some of those images will perform differently on different platforms that we're sharing our blog to like you know i think about that with pinterest like okay well faces i love photography with faces and people looking at the camera and whatnot but that doesn't always perform as well on pinterest you know sometimes people like the more stock look like like not putting a specific person with your image. They, you know, so I might decide to make my pen graphic, you know, not a family photo looking straightforward, but something where we're more candid and not engaging with the camera. Um, But then on Instagram, it's the opposite. Like they love seeing um, yeah. you looking at the camera and feeling like, oh, you know, here's someone looking at me as you're scrolling by and that makes them stop. So I'm intentional when I'm wanting to get people to come over and read my blog post to have something in my Instagram image that is gonna grab people and get them interested in looking and reading more, you know? So I think it's good to have a variety, but also, um, yeah. I mean, I really, I just think it's good to have a variety and to look at, you know, if you're pin testing, like, okay, I'm gonna try this and see how this works and how people respond to this. And same with on Instagram and looking at your analytics there. And then which is driving more traffic to your site? And how can you compare those things?
0: That's a great question. And I I want to dive in more about choosing aesthetic. But there are so many questions. And we're getting so much. So I kind of want to skip (laughs) ahead. And I want to talk a little bit about gear. Because that seems to be a big question. So we can't have a conversation about photography without talking about gear. Everybody always says gear because that stuff is real expensive. It doesn't take long to figure out that photography is a very expensive (laughs) hobby. And when you become a content creator, it's an expensive part of everything that you're doing. So what is enough to start with? And then where are good places to invest if you're ready to make an upgrade? And we had some very specific questions about a DSLR versus an iPhone. Is it possible to get great stuff with an iPhone?
1: So absolutely, it's it's possible to get great stuff with an iPhone. I think it just depends what you're doing and what your um, what your goal is. My iPhone is like 100% of my Instagram stories content. And for a lot of my... Um, like selfies, but adding real life or, or life to my images is is a big thing. So my iPhone I think comes in handy when it's like when I'm going for a very in the moment type of of capture and share. Right. And and that that's fine. And it works especially for social media. But the blog, I rarely use iPhone images on my blog. Um, I mean that's that's just me. I, I do sometimes like if it's something I've already edited and fixed up for Instagram, I might, you know, Hey, just repurpose it and use it for the blog. But a lot of my blog images are very intentional and you know, I'm, I'm taking the pictures on my camera, on my DSLR and, um, the quality is just is really good and i can i know how to use my gear to make it look exactly how i want it to look i mean you don't have to have like a super expensive top of the line full frame dslr you can get a um like a canon rebel is my favorite starter camera um you don't even have to get like the latest and greatest one you can get you know a couple older (laughs) versions of it and um and it works great and it's under a thousand dollars, like I think it's even like maybe around five hundred. You know, it's not it's not that much. I mean, relatively speaking, compared to sure. other, you can, sure. you can you know it can get expensive. And yeah. then the first lens would say to get is the they call it the Nifty Fifty. It's a like a. 50 millimeter lens, it's under a hundred dollars or right around a hundred dollars. And it takes gorgeous portraits. I think it works really good for food. If you can get a good distance away from it, but it's, it's really good for capturing like product and, you know, like branded work or, or anything that you're, you know, crafting, like as long as you're, if, as long as you have some space to back away, it's going to work really well because it allows you a lot of freedom to take pictures when you maybe don't have the best lighting all the time.
0: That is very helpful. And we're going to talk about lighting in a second. So just to run that down and can we actually post in the comments, what she said, you said a nifty 50 lens is around $50.
1: Mm-hmm. What so, was the oh, sorry. So it's 50 millimeter lens, hundred dollars. It, so it's kind of 50 like a hundred dollars.
0: And then the camera was uh, a Canon rebel is my favorite starter rebel. camera. Mm -hmm. Okay, fantastic. Both great recommendations. Are there any places that you recommend to go look for information about camera gear? Are there any favorite blogs or websites? We shared a post from your website that talks about choosing a great camera, but are there any spots? That that
1: (laughs) (laughs) That one, and I have a lens one too. They're always updating and and changing, right? I really like looking at reviews on um, Adorama is a good site. I'm trying to think how to spell it, but it's kind of like a and h type camera store, but, but I like that site for looking at a bunch of different gear and you can select different models and kind of compare features and stuff. Clickin Moms, I think has some good resources on like how to use your camera and good tips and stuff from different photographers and moms, you know, who have, who've been learning how to use their gear years and years of archives and stuff. So those are some good places to look and uh, compare things. And then those the blog posts that you guys shared of mine are, are good too, for just breaking down like exactly what, you know, things mean and what they do and why I like them in case it's overwhelming seeing all of the different stuff and
0: trying to decide option. It, it is overwhelming. I looked yeah. at it before and it's really difficult to try to, and, and it's really refreshing to hear that you don't necessarily, it doesn't have to be bigger better, always the most expensive. Right. So thank you for sharing those resources because it is intimidating and it can be cost prohibitive, especially if you don't know that you're gonna be great at it. So do you want to put a whole yeah. lot of money in like I was talking about before before I started the conversation with you, there are so many places for content creators to spend their, you know, if we their money, their time, their yeah, uh, right. so it's I wanted to ask you just before we go on to the next question. Mm -hmm. What, what made you pick photography and what makes you think that it's a place? Why would you, why would you advocate for photography to be a place where content creators spend time?
1: I think because so much of what people consume and what we consume is visual, unless, you know, you're on a like clubhouse, like a platform that is completely not visual at all. I mean, everything else has some kind of visual component. And you can hire photographers. Like, yes, it's something you can hire out. But I feel like it's kind of becoming financially independent or something. Like, if if you want to be to become like as independent as possible, if like worse came to worse, you had to slash, 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 like things, you know, things that you're outsourcing. I feel like photography is something that is nice to always have as a fallback because you're always going to need images. And if you have those skills and you need to save money and like cut back and hire a photographer one month, it's nice knowing that you can do it yourself. And I mean, I personally think it's really fun and it's great because it goes into more than just your business. If you want to, you know, more than just your website, you can use those skills for your family and for friends or others, you know, and, um, trading with people like it's it's just a skill that's very useful beyond just for the
0: website and if you get great at it it's always a great side hustle too yeah
1: honestly I was I was debating saying that but I mean it's true like I've I've totally thought that like, okay, if, if this starts going down or if this, like I could always, you know, it is, it's a great side hustle because people, especially in the fall, people are always looking for family pictures and, you know, just knowing how to work it. I mean, I'm not trying to like undercut the photography market out there, but I mean, it's a, it's a skill.
0: It's a really good skill. And people in the content creation industry, a lot of times we're looking to outsource food photography, right. all sorts of stuff. Yeah. There are places to go. Like the, if you, totally. if you can this. So for people that already have gotten past maybe the basics, what do you have any special things that you'd suggest to add to kind of up your game? Maybe one or two special gadgets or tools? It would be lenses. Like,
1: you know, when people are deciding on what to upgrade and what to get, I would always say, you know, glass before body, like just upgrade your lens before you worry about upgrading your, um, the body of your camera, because you can do so much more with a, with a different style of lens. So I would say like, so the 50 millimeter is like a quick, affordable upgrade next I would look for a wider angle upgrade like one that I really like that Lashawn I know you had her on here not too long ago I just i've been telling her for years about this lens that I love it's um, a 17 to 40 millimeter lens so it's a zoom lens so you can you know shoot in as close as 45 I think and then as far as 17 so that is gonna give you a lot of variety if you are um, a travel photographer or right now, I know, but, um, or if you're a food photographer, lifestyle, like that's just gonna widen your horizons on the type things you can uh, take pictures of. So definitely, a wide angle lens or a a zoom. I, I, some people really like the static lenses, but I really love zoom lenses. So that's one that I would invest in for sure. Um, and then looking like the aftermarket because you don't have to pay brand new prices all the time. Like if someone took care of their lens, you can buy it used and save some money that way. Yeah. That would probably be the main thing I would say is upgrading that. And then depending on what style of photography I would put you in one direction or the other, if you should get a longer portrait lens or like a 35 millimeter wide angle lens for food. Like, are people in the comments, are they saying like what kind of stuff they take pictures of or what kind of photography they yeah, do? Yeah,
0: that's, that's a great question. Guys, tell us, what, tell us what type of photography you're doing. Tell us what your niche is. Are you wanting to take more people, animals? food, travel? I don't like food.
1: I mean, I love food, but food photography is not my thing at all. You know, so I don't have a 35 millimeter lens, but that is like a favorite for a lot of food photographers. But so I tend to have a lot more of the portrait style longer lenses because I'm taking pictures of people and things far away or macro up close and things like that
0: we're getting, um, okay. okay, we've got Michelle yeah. said food and some travel. Camilla says I do food. Lynn says crafts, how to's and finished projects. So we've got kind of the gamut here. Okay. To- yeah. Okay, great.
1: So yeah, a lot of those I would look into the 35 millimeter lens. Oh, really? Okay. I just I was found the comments now. I'm like, okay, Camilla likes the 100. That is one of my like Favorite lenses. I love it for portraits, and it's great for really, really close up, like a macro lens. You can get really close to to details. I think that would be really great for crafting. If she says she does crafts, and she says she does food, so I don't, I don't, I hardly even look at pictures of her because I'm like, it stresses out. Like we all have our own talent. thing. That is talent, like the flat lays and everything. That's funny. She hates photographing people and it doesn't yes. smile <laughs> Lin, that's that's so so
0: I, yeah. out. I mean it's true Camilla said yeah you were talking about my fave lens is a 100 millimeter so that is mm-hmm. um and she does food so lots of interesting so that, so that's good to hear because if if that works for food because that
1: would be the only reason I, I wouldn't recommend it is like oh I don't know if food photography people use it for that if she does that you know That surprises me because I would think that you'd want a wider lens for that, but like I'm not a huge, I'm, like I said, I don't photograph, don't photograph food (laughs) much at all. I was like with my phone really quick, but that is a great lens for portraits, like gorgeous portraits. My favorite, favorite one. It's like smooth, buttery, like very striking images with that lens. So if it works for food too, then that could be a, a good one to put on your wish list.
0: Other things that we want to talk about are purchasing or finding um, is setting the scene for a great photo with props, background, and lighting. So how do you use all of those things to help set your scene and and really communicate your branding with your images? And then do you have any favorite places to buy props and backgrounds?
1: So I personally, like with with my brand, it's very, I try to go for lifestyle, organic, I don't want to say candid because it's not always candid, but very minimal setup is what I go for. So the most I'll try to do usually is like get somebody near a window or something where I'm going to get great natural light. Of course, I do have umbrella lights and ring lights and things which come in handy for when you need a studio setup. So I use those a lot when I did my stop motion videos when Aaliyah was a little baby and some of those like went kind of viral and I mean, I needed static light that wasn't going to change. Window light would not work for that because it's taking several pictures over a long period of time and the sun is going to change and that doesn't work. So static light, you know, if you have food, crafts, things like that, like you're going to want static light. I really like just, I mean, I, I do not go all out with expensive hundreds and hundreds of, like I got a, like maybe $200 light setup that had three stands. It came with the stands, umbrellas, lights. Um, if you don't like the bulbs that come with it you can switch them out for more daylight like if if so if you're going to choose which lighting to get I would go for the daylight coloring versus the warm light and get those bulbs in there like I think I think it was like maybe $160 or something it was not much and that has lasted me for years so that's something I would invest in um, a ring light if you're doing lots of video or pictures of yourself, I think ring lights are good, um, especially if you have to record a lot of of uh, content at night, or if you don't have, you know, the daylight, or if you don't have great window light, a ring light is really good for that. So those are things. Uh, backgrounds, I don't have Oh, I don't have many backgrounds anymore. I don't. I think I don't anymore. But if you're doing crafts and food, I mean, you don't need like this whole on your wall, you can just get little slabs of things at craft stores and things and make it look like that's your background. That's really nice. But when it comes to people like I'm not investing in a big we'll just find a nice wall inside or outside or something that, that works for a
0: background. Uh, Love, love hearing that you're going around and finding things as you go along. So can you give tips for when you're out traveling? Like if you're taking, if you're doing travel or you're doing people, or you're even doing food, what types of stuff are you looking to shoot up against? What backgrounds are you looking for in your natural habitat?
1: Yeah. So something that's not too busy in the background is usually what I'm going for, unless I'm going for something busy, but usually I want something that's not very distracting away from the main uh, image that I'm trying to capture. So if i'm, you know, capturing a moment of my kids playing a game or something like that, you know, i want to make sure that the background isn't super cluttered. I mean, our house is always cluttered. So i'm either i'm either moving stuff out of the way or i'm like stopping down my f-stop so that it's really blurry in the background and you know there's something there, but you don't know what it is. <laughs> And um, it's not distracting. So that's usually what I'm trying to do. Like I'm a very playful brand. Mine's very light, like not a, I'm not necessarily the, uh, what's the word like that, that people look like the picture perfect, like aspirational. I'm not very aspirational. (laughs) I'm like, more real, you know, like not, not the like overly messy, let me like my office is a disaster right now, but I, so I'm not going to like purposely show that unless I'm trying to make a point, but, but I'm, I'm not the you know, the aspirational, like all white this and that, like, but that's not my brand. So I think those things really can come into play. You know, I know some different influencers and people will like their brand is to have props for every picture. Like they have, you know, backgrounds and balloons and props and things that they're bringing in. I knew that wasn't going to work for me because that takes way too much planning. I'd rather just capture a beautiful image that, that, that fits more with with what I'm going for. So for me, that's like not not too cluttered, but traditional. There's so much you can change if, if you're a lifestyle brand and you're looking for pictures you can take. I mean, maybe you're looking at an image one direction, but there's all the stuff on the sides. Like what if you shifted everything a little bit this way that can completely change the image. So I would just say, be aware of what's around and think about different angles, you know, because if you shift this way, that changes things. If you come down and take a picture from low and you're shooting up more, or if you're standing higher and shooting down, all of those are completely different images. So just being aware of, how you're going to feel when you take that picture and how you want others to feel.
0: Very helpful. So we got a question in advance. You touched on it a little bit, but on lighting. Yeah. We could even spend an entire episode talking about lighting because it's it's a big topic in photography. But uh, Sin asked us on Twitter, I live in Canada where we have a lot of overcast days in winter. How can I continue to make beautiful photos despite that? I think, and I don't know if she's taking pictures inside or outside. If outside, like
1: overcast days are my favorite days to take pictures. I love overcast days. It's like the lighting is diffused so beautifully. You don't have to worry about shadows. You don't have to worry about squinting. Like it's just, it actually makes for gorgeous pictures unless you're shooting the sky. Like if you're shooting the sky, like, yeah, that's probably not as pretty to have a gray sky, but if that's your goal and you're looking for like a blue sky and you're like, Oh, it's over you can, you can do that and edit. There's so many apps out there now where you can like swap the sky or, you know, change the background and things like that. But photographing anything else besides the sky, I think is beautiful on overcast days um, because you don't have to worry about diffusers and filters and things like that. If you're inside and it like darkens your room and stuff so much more, like that is really tough, but something I would try to do is change out all of your lights in your house to um, instead of that tungsten yellow to a white light, like to a, a sunlight, I think that automatically will brighten up your house more. And you have if you have them in all of your different areas of light, it's gonna help, you know, from the shadows and things like that, you can get dimmer switches to help. I like doing as much as I can like that preemptively so that I'm not having to bust out my lighting and set yeah. everything up. So those are some things that I would do. Like if, yeah, if she's taking pictures outside, I would say enjoy it and take advantage because overcast days are so much easier to take pictures on than super sunny days.
0: Love that. Okay. We will get, we've got a couple other questions. We'll get there in a second. Are there any other top lighting tips? And then pretty much for, for what you're saying in terms of lighting is, 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 your top tip is switching out your bulbs, having more natural sunlight than that yellow light and doing the same thing with the lighting equipment. You said you didn't really go all in on investing on major lighting equipment. You bought one set and then replaced the bulbs. Is that your top tip for pretty much for lighting? Um, I mean for, for, so, okay, I'm looking now at the thing the t- top tips for finding the right light. I mean, you're going to
1: find the best light near your windows and that is going to just change everything with your pictures. If you're, um, close to a window, you can just angle yourself. I mean, my favorite place to put my kids if I'm taking a picture of them is to position myself. You know, the windows here, And then I'm here and they're here. So I'm like, my back is to the window and I'm photographing them and the light is just hitting them right in the face. So I mean, your best light in your house, like forget the light bulbs and everything else, your best light is going to be near the windows for sure. And if it's dark, like I have some spaces in my house that are really dark, I'll like even open a door like to the outside and just let some more light come in for a little bit because natural light is going to be your best light for sure. When you get into the overcast days inside and things like that, that's when those other tips like switching out bulbs and stuff will will help a little bit
0: before you have to invest in additional lighting equipment. Very helpful. Okay. We've got a question here. Tony Harvey says, I have a Sony mirrorless a6000 with a 16 to 50 millimeter kit lens and a 55 to to 10 millimeter lens. I want something in the middle that will allow more zoom than the 16 to 50, but less than the 55 Mm -hmm. to 210. So I can shoot low uh, stop images Mm -hmm. of DIY projects in my home office. Any suggestions?
1: Yeah. So my favorite lens for a long time was like the 28 to 75. So it's going to be different for different brands. Um, That was a Tamron lens that I bought for my Canon, but I think it comes in like 35 to 75 or 25 to 75, something like that in different versions. So I would look for something like that. Mine was a 2.8. So it does have a lower f-stop. I mean, it's not a 1.4 or 1.8, but 2.8 usually gets me really good bokeh and also in for a lot of light without having to stop too high. And then you still get a better zoom range. So I would look for something like that for your Sony. I'm not like as familiar with their lineup or, you know, maybe if, if you can use one of the compatibility brackets, maybe you could put one of the Canon ones on it too.
0: I want to jump to another topic, editing. You have already mentioned that there are so many apps out there that can change the sky. Very true. In terms of do you have favorite tools and software that you would recommend and maybe for people of different levels if there's a good beginner and then there's a good more advanced one too that would be really helpful.
1: Yeah, so I I have so many apps on my phone, but the ones that I'm always going to are Snapseed is my favorite one. I go to that for like adjusting the curves and the brightness and the highlights and things like that just, you know, taking a picture and and making the tweaks if I don't want to have to bring it onto my uh, computer. And then a color story is another one that I like that has different filters, but I, I really like there's like little things that you can buy like for it's free. And then it's like, okay, buy this pack for $2.99 or whatever, sure. you know? So I, I did that for some of the things like sun flares and um, they have them for all sorts of like they have skies and stuff like that too. So that's another app that I like Adobe, I think also has one that works that's a similar type of thing but those so those are like a handful of my favorites and then there's an app oh no Snapseed uh has like a little retouch area too that I that I like to use yeah so so those are my uh go-to apps I mean there's so many out there I try not to do anything that I have to like pay a membership for but those that get you pretty far.
0: Fantastic. And is there any other tips you can give us on editing? I know it's a big thing. How is your workflow? How do you edit? How does it, how does it work for you?
1: Usually like take all of my pictures and then I just import them on my computer. Uh, A lot of people like to use Lightroom to edit. I use like a, I, I edit all my pictures in Photoshop. So my Lightroom equivalent is like a camera raw. So, and there I'll go through and just, automatically like up the vibrance because my images I like to be very vibrant and colorful I'll usually try to take my pictures a little brighter than I need knowing that I can dim them a little bit if I want so I'll usually lower the highlights a little bit so that it's not too like white and bright on the face it kind of dim that a little bit and then I open it up and then I'll kind of tweak the contrast and things like that and get my images like I'll ha- I have actions saved that I'll just run through some of my pictures so that I know they all kind of fit with my branding and theme so it doesn't take very long but I uh I guess one step I missed in between once I put them on my computer, I go through it Cause I take way more pictures than I need. Um, and then I like rate my favorite. So I go through really quick and see which ones catch my eye and give them like a four or five star rating. And then I go back through again and see if there's any I missed. And then I narrow those down and then, you know, maybe there's five that I'll pick and then, Edit down and stuff. Yeah, that's usually what I do. And then I resize it to be optimized for my website and save it and then upload it to my blog. That's usually my process. I know there's a bunch of different ways to do it, but I try to keep all of my pictures organized as I go because it makes it so much easier when you need to go back later and find, you know, it's, I kind of feel like I have my own stock library where, you know, oh, I need something. I'm talking about movies or watching movie night. Like let me search movies and then things pop up and I can see other images I've taken in the past. So uh, the more organized you are
0: as you're uploading, it helps later on. That's, we're going to talk a little bit more about organization here in a second, but I wanted to ask you how many pictures are you taking for blog posts? Do you have a set number that you do or what are you shooting for as a goal? That's a good question.
1: Uh, It kind of depends on the post. Like if if it's a post where I know I'm going to have graphics and other things involved in it, then I maybe won't have as many pictures. I always have at least one, but I love when I have three. If it's a list, then I try to have one for each item. So it kind of just depends a little bit, but always at least one. But I'm like, if I'm, if I'm taking pictures for a blog post and I'm like, I might as well take, you know, like a few variety. And usually on my blog, I like horizontal, but then on Instagram, I like vertical. So I'm taking a little bit of variety and I know that I can stick a few and, you know, like I will just stick some extra pictures in there. So I mean, yeah, like, I guess it depends how long the blog post is and stuff, but so I don't really have a, a set goal usually unless I know it's like, OK, I'm talking about this and I have four main points. So I want a picture of each point. That would be the only time that I kind of set a goal going into my shoot.
0: Another question in that area is, are yes. you writing your post first and then taking the pictures? Oh, that's or a really you- good question. I've tried it both ways.
1: You know, I don't, I don't have, I can't say that I have, like, I have to do it this way because it really, it really depends. Like sometimes I, the words just come to, like the way that I blog and how I blog, it's it's more like a journal and then tips and stuff are like secondary. I'm getting better at that now with Mediavine and like I And stuff. I'm like, okay, let me like use, like make more pinnable stuff. That's just my life. So I guess with, a lot of my list posts and things that I'm that are kind of more for Pinterest, I might have the post written before I go and take pictures, or if it's like this passionate post where the words are just coming out of me, like I'll just write, 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 write. But a lot of times it's not like, oh, let me go take a picture to go with this. It's I, I usually have something somewhere in my archives that works, you know, but then sometimes I'm like just taking pictures of my kids or I'm taking pictures for a brand or doing something else. And then I'm like, okay, throw away the package, like the brand, like, let me take a few more and then I'll use that for a blog post.
0: So I don't really have like a have to do it one way or the other it kind of depends on the
1: circumstance
0: i love hearing and i'm excited to get more into that here in a second about your filing system and how you keep everything organized because it sounds like once you go to the trouble of setting up a photo shoot even though it's not as big a deal for you but if you go to that trouble and you have everyone there then you're doing as much as you can to maximize the amount of shots that you, yes. get, that you can get in different places Yes, absolutely. Like today,
1: (laughs) today for this, I'm like, okay, I'm doing my hair and getting makeup on. So like, let me make sure that I'm like taking some pictures while I'm actually dressed and not wearing my robe and my hair is down. Like let's capitalize on this and get a little bit of content. Yeah, like that's definitely something that I try to do if I'm trying to be better at this year, because I realized looking through some of my pictures uh, a couple years ago, I was going back through and I was like, oh man, so much of my work was for brands. And that was when I was taking pictures Mm -hmm. and this picture is cute, but we're holding a box of cereal or whatever, you know, (laughs) But but now I'm getting better at, okay, now set that aside and let's just take a few more. And it's nice because later on, I'm, it's so easy to just throw in an extra picture of a, for a blog post or for a social media update or something like that, just to have that extra content. And it took no extra time, you know, because you're already ready and set up and you already have your lighting is the way you want it and everything you can just take a couple extra pictures and it definitely
0: saves time I'm actually curious to know about our audience too if you are do you take your pictures first and then write your content or are you writing your content and then taking your pictures I want to know just for curiosity's sake Mediavine's, yeah, uh, me media vines media relations specialist Alicia just said I snap and then write she said now she's intrigued about the other way around though what that's like so yeah she's she does a lot of travel so that that makes sense We've got awesome images, we've got we've got our lighting, we've got our gear, we've got editing, we've got all that stuff done. Now we're ready to share it. And you mentioned a concept that I was really interested in, which is engagement gold. I want to know about captioning. And you said that's such an important part. Now, it's not enough just to have great photos, you need a lot of stuff to go along with it to really grab people. So tell us, tell mm. us, tell us your strategies, please.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, sometimes I just get a picture that I know is going to do really well. And yeah. I'm like, okay, let me, you know, I'm not going to post it right away, I'm going to save it for a time or a day when I know I have the perfect caption to go with that. And sometimes it's the other way around, like, oh, this is, you know, news of the day. This is hot. I want to jump on this and write about it. Um, what pictures do I have that I could use or what's a picture that I could run out and take really quick? I mean, captioning, like, there there are so many different things out there that that you see people Doing like, you know, starting with a question or, you know, like I'm, I'm thinking Instagram specifically for yeah. captioning, you know, starting with a question or like double tap if like getting that engagement right away. For me, it's like the thing that I've noticed for my audience that grabs them is it's some kind of story. Like, I remember when da 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 or a quote like, I can't believe uh, you said that. My daughter told me when da, da 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 You know, like just starting something. You know, kind of thinking if you were opening the first page of a book, you're deciding if this interests you. It's kind of like that. Like, how are you going to grab people right away? So for me, I'm noticing it's, it's storytelling. Like, really, really works and grabs people. Those are some of the things that I do. And then at the end of my caption, I do try to leave open some kind of question or some kind of call. Uh, to action, whether it's like, you know, read more here, or head to my stories, or tell me what you think, or have you ever da da da, da you know, that's usually what I try to do. And what's what I've noticed lately is helping me a little bit.
0: And so obviously engage, we all know engagement is so important. And especially on social media, with all the algorithms, you want to get the engagement. So how much time? So how often are you posting Instagram, you mentioned LaShawn earlier, she posts so much so many times a day, she is an Instagram whisper. And yeah, How often are you posting and how much time are you spending responding with your engaged audience?
1: So I try, I usually post Monday through Friday is kind of my goal, depending on how much like sponsored content I'm doing and what season we're in. So, um, I usually have my sponsored content scheduled, like, okay, Tuesday, Thursday, or, um, you know, if I'm going to do Monday, Wednesday or Monday, Wednesday, Friday or something. And then I try to make sure I have other stuff to buffer. So it's not like back to back sponsored content. So that's, you know, if I know I have two sponsors in a week, then I know I'm going to have three non-sponsored. So that's, you know, it's going to be a full week of of five days posting. Um, And that's not counting stories where I feel like I'm always trying to feed that hamster wheel. And yeah, so I usually I'm getting better. I've noticed with planning, just looking ahead, looking at things like, what today what day is it like i'm trying to remember the the website i have it bookmarked but it's like um every day is some kind of national holiday (laughs) so very true go and look ahead and it's like okay national ice cream day or donut day or say hi to your best friend day or your dog's friend day or you know like <laughs> whatever like I'll kind of look at the beginning of the month and see and take note of of what's happening that way I know I can I'm like ahead of it and I can schedule my stuff around that even if you know nothing exciting happened in my life or if I don't have a blog post to share like okay today's World Kindness Day so or you know World Kindness Day is next week so let me write this out and think of a cute picture that i already have saved of you know my kids hugging or something and then i can have some kind of caption that's helpful you're ahead of it you have time to if you want it like now a big thing that's helping people is having a slide that has text on it you know like maybe a quote or something that's shareable so looking ahead has helped me a lot just being prepared for instance like mlk day i knew day of everyone would be sharing about mlk day so this year I posted the day before, like on Sunday, the night, like I didn't do it like way early. I did it late at night around 11 o'clock and I posted about like MLK day and books and a blog post with, you know, a list of books and all this stuff. And it did great. Like it kicked off that night and I think it got people like, Oh yeah, today we're doing this. It's and tomorrow. So, so that's a little trick that I, I learned this year. Um, just be, just, you know, kind of just, like I'm not a super, super organized person, but that's a little thing that has helped me feel way more organized. Just kind of being aware of what's coming up and knowing that like, okay, I can throw something in here. And since it it fits, it's timely, people are more likely to share it also. And I'm sure a lot of people here have crafts and food and other things that can tie into these different types of days, or, you know, it kind of makes you think creatively of how you can reshare some of your content.
0: I'm obsessed with the idea of posting the right before the night before because you're jumping on that bandwagon. And plus then, right. you know, I don't know, all everyone I talk to scrolls first. Like sometimes they'll scroll first thing in the morning, like when they're on mm-hmm. the Peloton or when they're uh, just getting out of bed, they're gonna start doing like they'll allow themselves, you know, 15, 20 minutes right. of scroll. And yeah. that your post is there greeting people as soon as they right. get up. Love that. So smart. So let's do we've got just a little bit of time left. I want to talk about your organizational system and how you back up, how you sort things, and then the way that you have things set up so you can reuse, recycle your pictures.
1: Yeah. So um, the way that I organize is just like every year I start a new photos folder on my computer. I don't use iPhoto. I just found it like it was, it's hard to access in my finder. Like I have to go into that app. I prefer just to be able to search what I'm looking for in my finder. I have a Mac. So I always start like, okay, 2021 and then January 2021. And then in that month, I have each event that I am taking pictures for. So if I'm doing, you know, three branded shoots one day, like all of those will be in one folder, like, okay, today I shot for this, this, and this. And then if I did some candid photos, like those will all be in that same folder. Like just, you know, if we're wearing the same outfits, like it's in the same folder pretty much. And um, that's how I organize per month. So I do year, month, event, And then when the month's over, I start a new one. At the end of the year, what I like to do is go back into all those folders. Like end of the month would be ideal, but sometimes it's like end of the year is my cutoff and just delete all the extras that I didn't edit, didn't like, don't need, just to free up some space. And then I'm left with my favorites and then I can go back in. And if I want to, Add little tags to my photos. I always try to title my events and my pictures with as much kind of like you're thinking alt tags or something. You know, just words that I know I might be searching for later, like family photo, movies, or you know, Lily happy or swings outside playing. You know, just just little things that will like the person's name and maybe what they were doing um, and what the mood is. Things that I think I might be searching for later. So it's pretty easy for me to go back and, and find those later. Like yesterday, I posted something on Instagram yesterday and I was like, oh, I need a picture that's like striking and with me and one of the kids. And I was like, oh, I know, like I have some mommy and me pictures. I just searched like mommy and me and, and I can't like, I came up with all of them and I found the exact one I was looking for. So that's, you know,
0: some that's kind of how I try to organize my stuff. And that's been
1: pretty helpful for me.
0: Really helpful. Loving that. Yeah. The, the alt tags idea is super helpful because yeah, you're not going to, you're not going to be like, I remember back in February of 2019, right. we were <laughs> having popcorn and I need a popcorn pick, but like, if you saved it under movie night, <laughs> exactly. of course that you'll find. yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I tried we're to sure. change yeah,
1: the titles from like the numbered photos to like, Oh yeah. To theme.
0: Yeah. Very helpful. Michelle Price said deleting photos. what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to me that sounds like a very like healthy way to like turn the page, turn the calendar, and like just delete yeah. one of the I, mean, I
1: think it, I, I mean I try to save so
0: bad photos, like I
1: kind of think like, what will I need later? like I have I was taking pictures of my youngest last week and um she was smiling like all these photos, but in one picture she just had the biggest frown like, the biggest pout and it was so cute and I know like it was for a brand I'm like I'm not using this picture but she didn't like it was there wasn't any product or anything she was holding so I'm like okay I'm not sending this to them but this will work perfect someday for something (laughs) it's gonna be great so that's one that I wouldn't delete like you know it's not for the event that I was looking for but I know it's like an image I will be looking for later so I'll save it as like pout face lily or something you know and then it'll pop up with others that I have ever. But you know, if if it's like someone blinking, or you know, maybe you'd save it as an outtake, but you don't need like four pictures of someone blinking in the same, you know, so I just kind of back a little bit on, but I take a lot of pictures, I may have like 100 pictures. So I'm scaling it down to 10, you know, which is cutting out a lot. But I'm not, I'm probably not going to need more than that from that shoot.
0: Very helpful. Okay. So we are almost out of time. And what we always like to end with here is action items. So I would love Hmm. to hear from you what, what two or three things any content creator can do today to step up their photography game. And I would, it would be awesome if you could include, if you had any courses or websites or places like that, that you go with that are your go-to when you have questions about photography and I'm going to let you think about that while I make a couple of announcements. Okay, so on the next Teal Talk, guys, it's in two weeks. It is Thursday, February 24th at 3 p.m. Eastern time. We have Carmen Stinson and Ashlyn Huckabee of the Mediavine Publisher support team. We are going to be talking about what is broken on your site, And what are the most common questions that our support team receives? It's basically gonna be a live breakdown of all the things that they are fixing for our publishers on a daily basis. We are super excited about that. Uh, And that's in two weeks on February 24th. In the meantime, if you are watching, we hope you have already subscribed to our YouTube channel and liked us on Facebook. We are celebrating Black History Month all the month of February. We're sharing some of the incredible Black content creators that Mediavine is privileged to work with. And earlier this week, we shared um, a beautiful blog post from media vine support specialist ashland who i talked about that will be on teal talk in a couple weeks that we encourage you to give a read to we're very excited about all of that and before we say bye jennifer give us these action items please yeah
1: okay so um if you're wanting to up your game and just like learn how to use your camera you're not sure where to start canon has a great i did a course with them on photographing children active children and it's free now. They have it on YouTube. So if you just go to youtube.com slash Canon USA, you can find not only my course, but like tons of different courses for learning about different types of photography. So that is one place I would go. YouTube YouTube is awesome. You can learn anything there, really. Clickin' Moms is another great site that has more, if you're not as much of a, I mean, a lot of us are visual, but if you, sometimes you just want to like read the the content, not watch and you know you feel like you're waiting like let me just skim and find the part that I'm looking for. Um so that website is really good for uh learning those type of tips. I have great posts on on finding the right gear, broken down really simply and how to use your gear, breaking down what different settings and things like that mean on your camera. And just find the light. Always look for windows and be aware of of that natural light. I think that is the simplest, quickest way to up your photography game is to be aware of
0: where the light is. Love all of those tips. You've been wonderful. Where can we find you if we want to find you?
1: Uh, Instagram, Jennifer <laughs> Bourget. I'm always there. You can message me and I'll reply at Jennifer Bourget is just my name. And then cherish365.com is where I have like all sorts of blogging stuff. So I have lots of camera stuff there under the uh, cherish365 section that has a lot of my photography tips and journaling tips and things like that. Uh, for connecting with your family. And then there's a lot of other resources on there.
0: You have been an absolute treat. And we know that your children are demanding your time. So we're going to let you go. For yeah, now, I know. But I'm like, I'm yeah, really quiet. I'm surprised. I super, super quiet. <laughs> I am a little nervous. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming. Everyone. Thank you for watching. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. Yeah, Jennifer, yeah. you're the best. Bye. On Air is brought to you by Mediavine. If you're creating amazing and original content, we are here to help. From ad management with maximum earnings and 24-7 support to cutting-edge WordPress plugins, our team has your back. Want free tips in your inbox? Subscribe to our newsletter at mediavine.com slash subscribe. If you're a Mediavine On Air fan, and why wouldn't you be? Please give us your five-star rating love and subscribe wherever you're listening.